You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Prenke are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to the Rebels podcast. This is our fifth episode of season two for the episode Brothers of the Broken Horn. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's happening out there, Mike? I, uh, we're going to be talking about um, Brothers of the Broken Horn, and I just have to say real quick before we get into some news, um, if there was ever a character that could carry his own show... After seeing this episode, I think Hondo could be the one that could do that. Oh my gosh, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but man, yeah. uh, he was like a one-man wrecking show in this episode, but we'll get there, we'll get there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, Mike, hey, let's talk about some Rebels news. All right, in, in other news, let's talk about, uh, I mean, seriously, yeah. there is, we talked about this a few times, I mean, there's never, there's not going to be any news for Rebels, I don't no. think, for a while. No. Um, crazy crazy week this week mike with yeah we got new character posters we got yep. this this international trailer that just hit out of nowhere yeah it's like wow we got some just, major stuff yeah just wake up Rebels, friday hey. morning oh my god it was unexpected to say the least yeah it was it was so so I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I, we talked about this. I had texted you like, "Hey, do I really want to watch this trailer? Because I don't know. It's an international trailer. Is there yeah. stuff that we shouldn't see?" But I ultimately watched it. It's, it's not uh, too spoiler. New shots. A lot of new shots. Wow. Yeah. A lot of crazy new shots, and uh, but not not no not as uh, or there's no I guess anything as far as the story wise it didn't really give too much away. I no. mean, there's a couple things that 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 you can infer like. You can go, wow, some of the things that were said, you're like, oh, okay. There's a little more to to the Kylo Ren stuff, and you can make yeah. some more guesses. Yeah. But, uh, wow, another great another great trailer. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was it, – the, the trailer itself, and I, I've said this to a couple of people, the trailer itself I don't think is very good, right? Like, as, as far as trailers go, that first yeah. – like, the – uh, the the first teaser was incredible and just like it was just like here's like six clips and a voiceover right like I'm talking about the the teaser trailer from a year ago and yeah, then right. and then the second teaser trailer the one from uh, Star Wars Celebration 
was I think of like like structurally, I think it was the best one. Like it it really mm-hmm. like sets everything up. And then the final trailer was a was a really good trailer, but still I don't know. There there was a uh, I, I and I think that this is just because we're so used to trailers now telling us the story. So it was a little bit like, well, that didn't really give us very much, but that's okay because that's what we wanted, and it it had just enough to keep us happy. But then this international trailer is is like, it's like a weird disjointed version of the of the final yes. trailer, yes. Um, in terms of the way that it's sort of laid out, and maybe it's just because we're used now to to the way that the dialogue flows in in the other one, but. Um, because like there's things like the way that Hansel Hansolo says the force it's true all of it and it's like yeah all of it yeah. the one thing that you said okay thanks uh <laughs> let's move on but I I who knows how it plays for the for the international in particular the Japanese audience that that specific trailer is is geared for but I mm-hmm. uh, but for for me it's like the trailer itself I don't think is that well done but the new clips and some of the new dialogue is pretty great uh yeah, and, and it okay. also there's some new music um that sounds to me much more like like new arrangements of things whereas previously uh with both the celebration trailer and then with with the final trailer they sounded like slowed down or like slightly altered versions of existing music right so there mm-hmm. was there's a little bit more in the international trailer that i'm going like that's new like that's completely new music so um so i thought that was interesting uh but i we got a couple of things confirmed for the story things that have pre- previously just been rumors and that's things like uh like the fact that that ray is waiting for her family we knew that she was mm-hmm. like solitary and and alone on Jakku um and that she's been that way for a while but but what she says to BB8 about waiting for her family mm-hmm. that I don't know that that brings up some some interesting speculation uh my wife Crystal she after watching it the first time she goes she turns to me and she goes I don't think that Ray is a solo I think mm-hmm. she's Luke's daughter. Yeah. And I was like, really? And she's like, that's, yeah. Well, that's, I, that's been my feeling with the last few months. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, yeah, I think, I think that Luke left her there mm-hmm. and she's waiting like for what, like Crystal didn't really have a reason, but she's like, I think that, I think that Luke left her there and, and was supposed to tell her aunt and uncle to come pick her up. <laughs> <laughs> and they never did. So like and 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 she said that and then like all these things sort of like clicked into place for me where I was like that actually kind of makes more sense than her being a solo. Mm-hmm. Because if like let's say that that she is Luke Skywalker's daughter and that that um and that she like like uh, we don't know who who Luke's wife or who Ray's mother would be. But let's say he left the two of them there because he was being pursued by the first order. And so he left them and then took off and was supposed to tell Han and Leia to go get them, but he never made it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. He never made it to wherever he was supposed to. Whether like that's because like he's been on the run continually, or or what it's been, but like that makes a lot of sense to me as to why she would be left where she was. That like if Luke didn't have any contact with Han and Leia from a certain point and and had a kid and didn't tell them about it and like they don't know because they haven't seen Luke in 25 years let's say right mm-hmm. um then then it, it all kind of makes perfect sense as to why why Ray would be by herself because the idea of why why Han and Leia would uh, would leave her is a little bit harder to like you have to you have to start adding in new characters so like one of the things that i've considered is is that han and leia knowing like in the in the expanded universe knowing that their children would always be mm-hmm. like hunted <clears throat> took their their daughter and and like left her on this planet with someone and that someone will be like like Winter because that's the character from from the expanded universe, right? Uh, right? One of Leia's best friends growing up. So like left her with Winter, and Winter has a has a British accent, let's say. So that's why Ray ends up with a British accent. Mm-hmm. But to me, it makes much more sense, and and there would be a lot of very happy fanboys that they would simultaneously be happy. I shouldn't just say fanboys, but a lot of fans that would be simultaneously happy and then heartbroken if they found out that Mara Jade existed within the the new Star Wars continuity, but that mm-hmm. she's already dead. <laughs> like that by the time that we get to, to the oh, Force yeah. Awakens that she's yeah. already dead. Yeah. Like she's been dead for a while. Um That's funny. But that, like, you could go back, like, then they'll go back and they'll tell the story of how Luke and Mary Jade met and all that sort of thing. Um, I think that, like I said, like, a lot of fans would go nuts for a split second before they all broke down into tears. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, we'll never see her on screen. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I The other option is that she's not related to anybody and she's a completely new character and all that. So the other thing is is the idea that... that Kylo Ren could potentially be. Uh, I've always thought that like he's it's more likely that he could be a Skywalker than mm-hmm. a Solo, mm-hmm. but if Ray is the Skywalker, then what if Kylo Ren is a Solo, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then again, it's like what if they're not related whatsoever at all? Mm-hmm. You know, like what if what if that's not the case at all? But then. Kathleen Kennedy did make a comment, I think yesterday, in an interview where somebody said asked about the possibility of of twins running twins. in the family. Yeah. And and she said it's possible or something to that effect of like there's a right. there's a pretty strong possibility that that runs in the family. Something to that effect that was like it was kind of like a wink and a nod. Mm-hmm. Um and it might actually be like one of the most telling things that we've heard, but it could also be total misdirection. It could be utter nonsense. So we don't know. Yeah. I've always, you know, ever since we found out Ray was a scavenger, I just had a hard time thinking that Han and Leia, if they're together, yeah, would have left her. Like this doesn't make yeah. any sense to me as, uh, that they would do that. And I do, but you do make a point about she would be someone that would be sought after if, 
the you know the, if the Sith were still around, but you know the Sith yeah. aren't around anymore. So yeah. that's why I kind of gravitated towards that her being Luke and and almost the same type of thing where like Luke was hidden out. Yeah, you know, raise hand. But then, are we getting too close to the o- OT? You know what I mean. So I don't, I don't know. It's, it, I, I wouldn't know if they would, they would go that route where they would follow yeah. the path that much. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as the trailer though, uh, some great shots with Kylo and you see him. Yeah, I think my favorite shot was you know him having a lightsaber across uh, the shoulder of of Rey as she's looking yeah. away. It's like whoa. So my my feeling is that that is right before. Luke Skywalker shows up. Yeah, I, I yeah. Oh, would that be freaking incredible? Is that like he comes in and they start fighting? Oh, yeah, shit. yeah. Is like Woo. he he's like, and let's like let's say this is one of the other theories that the two of them are twins, mm-hmm. right? And that that he says something to the effect of yeah. uh, like, oh, sister, and I, uh, and and at it's at that point that that luke shows up or maybe he, maybe kylo ren doesn't even know right and like he and luke shows up and he's like now well, like why would you treat your sister that way or something like that and then it's like the big <laughs> reveal and luke skywalker pulls his hood down and and uh and uh and yeah. then they they have a nice i got uh, my fingers crossed son uh lightsaber duel as yeah. is as is the the tradition in the Star tradition, Wars, yeah. yeah, I know. I have my fingers crossed that all this, you know, where's Luke thing is yeah. is because it's going to be something so freaking epic, and it's going to just blow our minds, you know. Look, We're going to come I, out of that theater yeah. just going crazy. You I know? think it. I think I think that the fact that they've built it up to this point, that if it's anything other than an incredibly epic <laughs> review, I know. Here we go. Let right, that, out again, you know. Yeah. That. <laughs> We'll all walk out and be like, "That was the worst movie I've ever seen." Yeah, but, but you know what? Like, there are people who have seen it, and these people have said yeah. that it may very well be the best Star Wars ever. Like John Williams has mentioned that that it's incredible, and uh, and um, I, I, Drew Struzan has seen a lot of the movie and then read the whole script and he says that it's the best one yet like mm-hmm. that this is the best star wars yeah. um like better than empire and uh, there's yeah, a lot of so, positive reviews yeah yeah so i and and i think that a lot of that might be hinging on a few of the emotional punches that it packs such oh, as yeah. the reveal of luke skywalker so yeah so i you know what it's 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 less than six weeks away I know, I know. It is less than six weeks away. That is less. That is that is six more episodes of Star Wars Rebels. That is six <laughs> episodes of Rebels away. Yeah. And we're already we are already five episodes in if you if you count Siege of Lothal as one as we do. Um. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's not that far. Yeah. It's not that yeah. far. Well, you were just speaking of people that have seen it, and yeah. uh, just real quick, this is not this is Rebels related, but I thought it was a really cool thing. Uh, a lot of if you listen to the show, I mean, I'm sure you heard it. Daniel Fleetwood is the force for Daniel thing, and it's a guy who's got uh, cancer and uh, mm-hmm. not expected to live, I guess, past the opening of uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. So a lot of people got on board with this. He, you know, he wanted to see the movie, and and this is not this is not really new. I mean, I know this has happened before, but uh, he got he was able to actually see the movie in his home. He got a unedited screening 
of the Force Awakens. Yeah. And uh, I mean, just uh, just a really cool thing that people like John Boyega and Mark Hamill got involved to say, hey, you know, yeah. let's let's take this guy to see it, you know, and and all of us Star Wars fans can relate to this. Like, if God forbid anything were to you know, if something like this were to happen, you, this is one of the things I would want, you know what I mean? This is the thing that I would ask for, uh, kind of yeah. like a make-a-wish type thing, like, hey, you know, but just a really, really cool thing, and it's really neat that Lucasfilm and Disney and J.J. Abrams got on board and were like, hey, you know what, let's, let's give this guy uh, something positive, and, and uh, you know, I, don't know, I don't know exactly what his condition is, but, uh, you know, it's just, I just thought it was the coolest thing that they were able to do that for him. And uh, what can you say? You know, that's Disney and that's making dreams come true all the time, you know? So yeah, for sure. I thought that was just really cool. I had to mention that. And uh, hey, this guy's got to see it. I, I can't imagine would you, to be able to see it like this. And you got all his friends have got to be just going crazy right now. Cause like, give yeah, us something. Yeah, yeah. Like, tell us, tell us. <laughs> Holy okay. mackerel. Yeah. yeah. If that's the sort of thing that they, um, you have to be so thankful that you're given that opportunity and they, Disney and Lucasfilm would sort of answer that call that you'd be like, I can't like, like that. They, they, they I feel like they went above and beyond, right? Like oh, yeah. They, yeah. they went to his house and, and let him sit and watch it. Um, and sort of, I, uh, I did everything that they could to make it, to make it, I, uh, I, uh, uh, a good positive, like you say, like a, a, a positive thing, like a mm-hmm. sort of fulfilling a, a, a final wish sort of thing. And so you, like I personally, I know that if I were in that situation, I would be like, I'm not telling anybody a thing. Yeah. Like that, the fact that they would even trust a person that much, I, I, you know, I'm sure that he had to like sign paperwork and, like, oh, for sure, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, but true. beyond the legality of it, because you know, if you're, if you're, if you're uh, uh, terminally ill, what do you really care about being sued? But exactly. uh, yeah, yeah. But it's more so just about like the, um, like the pay it forward sort of thing of like, you, like they were good enough to acknowledge this this uh, campaign. And uh, and then fulfill this wish that you you kind of have to, and like it it would be, it would be obnoxious having to explain that to every single person who asked you where's Luke Skywalker. Yeah, <laughs> right. So so oh, wow. I so yeah. I mean, obviously, um, I you know like our our our, our thoughts and prayers and and uh, uh, our good vibes and everything go out to to Daniel and and his family and friends and everybody. But I, I also, in the sense of like, I feel for you, buddy. Like now you have you have the secret. Like you, yeah. amongst like everybody else who worked on the film and everything that knows, <clears throat> you are in that circle, and that's a that's a huge honor. But it's also a big responsibility. So. Yeah. All I would want to know is I'd ask him, you know, uh, basically just. What'd you think? How was it? You know, give me a, give me yeah. a, give me a, give me a vibe. Like, are we talking yeah. like everybody else is saying the best one ever? That's all I'd want to know. Yeah. 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 That's all I would ask. <laughs> yeah. If I could talk to him, I'd just be like, so thumbs up or thumbs down. <laughs> yeah. Just give me that. That's all. Right? You know? Yeah. And you, yeah, that's it. all I need to know. Yeah, exactly. So really cool stuff though. Um, yeah. Other than that, Hey, it's time to talk some rebels. You ready, Mike? <clears throat> yeah, let's do it. Oh, oh. All right. No. 
dispatch Inquisitors to hunt the rebels. We can't just run. Lock down the spaceport. We can't beat that blockade. The Red Blades, they took her. If only we had more allies. I know someone. My name is Rex. Me commanders Gregor and Wolf. We are fighting a bigger fight. There are questions. Questions that need answering. I'm not really a Jedi. Then be a pirate Jedi. The Empire put a bounty on you. You gonna try to collect? Skywalker's apprentice could lead us to other lost Jedi. I'm not afraid. That's what worries me. All right, Mike, here we go. Brothers of the Broken Horn. Ezra practices his marksmanship with a blaster, firing targets held by Chopper while taking instruction from Rex. Kanan interrupts their session and scolds Ezra for missing his Jedi training. The Padawan vents his frustration about being both a Jedi and a soldier, revealing he may not want to be either one. Hera calls the Ghost crew together for a meeting to hear Commando Sato's transmission concerning an energy crisis on the ice planet Rin. Without power generators, the planet's civilians will freeze to death. Kanan and Ezra deduce that Geralt should have, uh, should, should have some generators on the black market. While the rest of the crew prepare to head out, Hezra assigns Ezra and Chopper to stay behind and scrub the Phantom's exhaust ports. So, Michael, we open up on Garel here. Um, and this is where Rex is showing uh, Ezra the finer points of blaster techniques, and he's interrupted by Kanan. And I mentioned before about uh, this dynamic between these three, the Ezra, Kanan, Rex relationship and where it could go and at first i thought that it would be a kind of like an on kind of like a weird type vibe like you know rex was going to try to overdo it and and kind of take over more than kanan but but watching this episode i'm thinking well maybe i was a little wrong about that because it seems like now rex and kanan are kind of uh somewhat uh letting each other do what they have to do. I know yeah. Kanan came up here and said, hey, it's time, you know, it's time now for Jedi training. So he's kind of letting uh, Rex do his thing and, and and show him some finer points because I don't know how good of a, you know, Kanan is with the blaster, but that's that's Rex's thing, you know, he's a yeah. transfer. So um, I don't know, maybe that relationship is, is starting to form to something as uh, both game, being mentors. So I, we'll see what happens with that in the future. Um, but it, another thing too is about Ezra is he's, He's making a comment about um, he's starting to get tired. You know, sometimes with kids, um, and I can kind of speak to this, when you push them a lot and push them hard on a certain thing, whether it's sports yeah. or sport or whatever, sometimes they're just going to shut down. They're just like, I need a break, you yeah. know? Yeah. And this is exactly where where Ezra is right now. And this is where yeah. it looks like, Mike, we're getting into these episodes where it's focused on an individual character and kind of going through, like Ezra, his struggle with, you know, is this really what I want to do? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm kind of missing the old days where I can just run around and steal stuff and hang out in my thing and whatever. Yeah. So uh, is that kind of what you the vibe you're getting from this, at least in the beginning? Here yeah, before? well, so. I mean, the the I think the whole kind of message of the episode has a lot to do with with the fact that prior to hooking up with the rest of the ghost crew. Ezra was he was just out on his own, making his own way in life, and that meant that meant hard work, but it meant hard work on his own terms. Whereas now he's, uh, he's part of the ghost right, crew. Yeah. So that comes with responsibilities. And that's sort of the, what Hera is asking him to do of like, well, you need to go scrub the, 
the exhaust ports or whatever. Uh, and then he's also training to become a Jedi, which means that he's got responsibilities to Kanan. And then on top of that, they've all joined the Rebellion. And so here's here's Captain Rex trying to teach him how to soldier and be a member of the Rebellion, right? So... Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he really like, this is, like you said, like you, you related it perfectly that, that when you push, uh, uh, kids, especially like you have to remember that Ezra at this point, he's about 14, 15 and you push a, a kid at that age, uh, yeah. which a lot of kids nowadays are pushed, oh, yeah. right? Like they're in school and then they've also got, you know, uh, uh, their hobbies, whatever their hobbies could be. And then, and then, you know, maybe they're also on a sports team and, you know, like you, you have to find a way to balance all of that. And, and sometimes I, I, you know, when, when that happens, you go, you know what, I don't want to do any of this stuff anymore. And you just stop. (laughs) So, um, and that, that happens, I think to a lot of people in their lives at, at some point, um, especially when you're younger. So I think that that's all it is. And especially for Ezra, who was previously living a life where he didn't have anybody to answer to um even though he was alone and that that came with its own set of of issues uh he was alone but he was also in charge of his own destiny Mm -hmm. and and i think in this episode he's especially after the events of last week's episode uh and i think that that's the big thing and i think that that's the note that they definitely they definitely touched on it but I don't feel like they hit it hard enough that after last week being pursued by two inquisitors, I'd be rethinking my choice as well. Yeah. You know, like I'd be like, look, we barely survived the last inquisitor and now there's two of them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So I would, I would be, I'd, I'd be pretty scared as well and wanting to just sort of go into hiding and uh, and not be a Jedi anymore, but uh, but as we see throughout the episode, he kind of comes back to it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you said, I, I think it's just the, the you mentioned the responsibilities uh, yeah. he used to have to himself, and it was easy. Now he's got responsibilities to, you know, a whole crew now and other people. So he's just kind of kind of learning how to deal with that. So uh, go ahead, Michael, keep going. <clears throat> uh, yeah, as Ezra performs his chores, he longs for simpler times when he wasn't burdened with so many responsibilities. Suddenly, Chopper intercepts a distress call from the Broken Horn, which Ezra recognizes as the name of the ship belonging to Sicatro Visago. Springing into action, Ezra hops into the pilot's seat of the Phantom, hoping to come to Visago's rescue and settle his previous debt with the crime boss. Despite Chopper's concern with his flying skills, Spectre Six takes off. You know, as I, just real quick before I continue, yeah. just to just to piggyback on the earlier stuff too. I was just thinking that um, during that first exchange, uh, there's just almost like this mom dad um, dynamic with with Kanan and Hera to Ezra, mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, you got to clean, do your chores, and uh, and then Kanan say, we'll talk about this later, you know, and that's that's straight out of mom and dad 101, you know, out of, right yeah. out of the books, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's another thing where he thinks maybe he's a little older and he can handle stuff, but he's got, uh, you know, quote unquote, mom and dad kind of looking yeah. out for him. So uh, they locate the broken horn through Visago, uh, which is nowhere to be found. Among powered, 
down thug droids Ezra happens upon an unexpected stranger, the Weequay pirate Hondo Anaka. Hondo explains to Ezra that Vizago lost his ship to him in a friendly game of Sabak, but he'd also like to know the identity of his new acquaintance. Ezra, Ezra quickly bursts out that he is Lando Calrissian. Um, uh, where am I? At? And Hondo is delighted to be in the company of such a famous scoundrel, despite his rather young appearance. Hondo proposes Lando join his crew and make up for losing his previous crew to the Empire. But Ezra explains that he already has his own. Interrupted by the beeping call of an incoming Imperial checkpoint, Ezra and Chopper fix Hondo's hyperdrive, sending them off on an adventure. Yeah, okay, I guess that could happen. You know about me, but who are you? I'm Lando Calrissian. Lando? So at last I meet the semi-famous Lando Calrissian. A tad younger than I pictured, but to be so young and flying to my rescue proves that you must be the scoundrel I have heard of. Yeah, I mean, I am pretty good. He's pretty good. Are you looking for the crew? Good news. Hondo is hiding. Uh, I already have a crew. Uh, speaking of, where'd my droid go? Oh, you lost your droid. I lost my whole crew, thanks to the Empire. I once was a captain, you know. Oh, the stories I could tell. So many of them true. Uh, yeah, you want to tell a story? Tell one to the Empire while I try to get the power back on. We help you. Attention transport, you have breached an Imperial checkpoint. Hyperspace would be good. I think I got it. Well, Lando, it looks like we are off on an adventure. And I'll tell you what, here's what I love about this, Mike, is that you, you know, like some of the younger uh, viewers aren't going to appreciate the one-liners that that Hondo does. I mean, start the first one. Uh, love, he had a, like three of them in here and there. You just started laughing. I mean, yeah. He says, Lando. Uh, so at last, I meet the semi-famous Lando Calrissian. Yeah. So yeah. right off the bat, this dude. I mean, this is what I'm saying. This guy could have his own his own show. I mean, yeah. with the writing of this well, and his, his, Jim Cummings. Yeah. Incredible. His yeah. line. His line. Oh, the stories I could tell. Some of them actually true. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. it's like the, the it's subtle, and that's the thing that I always love about Hondo is that yeah, like great. he doesn't go for big jokes. And, like, they're not actually – I don't know that they're actually jokes. It's just, like, that's his personality. That's just the way that yeah. he is. So he'll say certain things. And, like, if you're not listening, they'll just kind of glide right past you, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Uh, uh, and and I this is one of the reasons why I love this character. I'm so glad that he's still kicking around and that, uh, the you know, I mean, we talked about it, I think, last week. Or maybe it was the week before. I, I I guess it was the week before when we talked about the trailer, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, and the fact that the the his pirate flag is is in the Force Awakens trailer, like the fact that his legacy is is still kicking around, still thirty yeah. years after Return of the Jedi. I yeah I that it, it makes me very happy. I, I, it, it yeah, no. 
Yeah, exactly. It's, um, like I said just a minute ago, Jim Cummings, I mean, just the way he's doing this uh, just makes it so good. And, 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 and just like you said, the one-liners and the stuff that you – maybe he's not – being being uh trying to be funny but it's it's just great this delivery uh the way he says some stuff. I mean, even at, towards the end there where he says he's talking to the empire and he says hello how can we help you you know so it's it almost reminding me kind of like the the we're all fine here how are you type of yeah. thing where uh he just it, it almost seems like like hondo is never he's never worried or never scared like he's he, he thinks he can talk his way out of everything and he and most of the time he can you know what i mean so it's uh it's just great to have him back. I, it's a great character and great voice acting on this. Incredible in the mm-hmm. writing, too. So good stuff. Uh, go ahead, Mike. <clears throat> uh, still pushing for Ezra to join him, Hondo reveals that he has a large shipment of power generators that need moving and plans to sell them with a 500% markup. Ezra complies after Hondo agrees to give him two generators and split the profit of a third. Uh, while praising Ezra for his likeness to himself, Hondo doesn't see Ezra swipe his droid remote control from his belt. Passing it to Chopper, Ezra tells him to keep it in case Hondo gives them trouble. Arriving at their destination, Ezra learns that he is already familiar with the buyer, the slimy crime lord Asmorgian. Uh, disappointed to learn he is dealing with wa- a washed-up old relic, Asmorgian turns on his, uh, his dealer and Hondo and Ezra are held captive. When as Morgan forces off Ezra's helmet, he discovers that he already knows his captive from Lando Calrissian's farm on Lothal. And you know, real quick, Mike, mm-hmm. I, t- towards the beginning, they're talking about the the purpose of these generators was the um, the planet. It's a cold planet. Uh, it didn't make any mention of being under any empire control or anything. So, is this a a basically just a straight up help rescue type thing or or is the Empire involved? I don't know. I don't know if this mm-hmm. is an episode where they're just showing, hey, we're just helping people out just because. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure. Uh, it, like I said, it wasn't really clear whether the Empire was, was you know, taken away, you know, uh, doing something to, yeah. to the planet. I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. So. yeah, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I think that they're just kind of refugees and that, and that you know, this is one of those things kind of like hearkening back to the first, the first episode. Mm-hmm. This is just one of the things that the ghost crew does, right? Like they, okay. they're sort of it's like the the sort of Robin Hood esque the Robin Hood thing, okay, uh, gotcha. thing that they yeah. do is you know I take from the Empire and give to the needy, right? So mm-hmm. okay, okay, uh, go ahead, we'll keep going. <clears throat> uh, let's see, where are we? Uh, when as Morgan reveals that Ezra is not who he claims to be, Hondo is surprised but delighted by Ezra's gumption. As Morrigan complains that one power generator is missing, just as Chopper comes to the rescue. Chopper tosses Ezra his lightsaber, and a tense shootout begins with Chopper wielding double blasters. Hondo manages to snag As Morrigan's credits, while Ezra saves him from flying out into space by using the Force. Hondo divulges to Ezra that he's a Jedi sympathizer who had Jedi friends in the past. He proposes that Ezra become a pirate Jedi and that the two of them form a team. My friend, my friend. You might not be Calrissian, but I know one thing you are. You are a Jedi. (laughs) Why 
Why didn't you tell me you were a Jedi? You know, I am an old Jedi sympathizer. <laughs> I know I wouldn't believe me either, but one of my best friends was a Jedi. I'm pretty sure we were friends. Well, I'm not really a Jedi yet. Well, then be a pirate Jedi. We will make an excellent team. But first, tell me what is your name, your real name? <clears throat> Ezra Bridger. Thank you, Ezra Bridger. So, like, we get the crime boss as Morgan is yeah. back. And, and one of my favorite lines of this whole thing was uh, as Morgan says something about, um, gosh, I can't remember what he said. But it, but Hondo comes back with, come now, let's not let's leave your wife yeah. out of this. So now we're getting, like, where your mama yeah, jokes yeah, yeah, yeah. or your wife jokes coming out of this. Well, <laughs> like, my, my this favorite line great. of the whole episode was, uh, you know, I'm a Jedi sympathizer. One of my best friends was a Jedi. At least I think we were friends. Uh, and I turned to yeah. Crystal because Crystal has not like she's watching Rebels, but she didn't watch Clone Wars other than like an episode here or there as I was watching them. Um, and I turned to her and I was like, he's talking about Obi-Wan. Like that's, yeah. you know, oh, like yeah. above yeah. all of the Jedi that he had dealings with because, you know, he also interacted with Anakin and, and Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. But uh, right. I I knew instantly that he was talking about Obi-Wan because that's one of my favorite dynamics in all of Clone Wars. It's one of the reasons why Hondo's my favorite character from the Clone Wars is because of his dynamic with Obi-Wan where like the two of them were always like it was I I I think one of the best moments is in the the youngling arc right at the very end when uh, like mm-hmm. Hondo tried to kill these kids <laughs> but yeah. then ends up rescuing them from I uh, from Grievous and and a bunch of battle droids and whatnot, and uh, and and by the end of it, he's like, you know, he's sort of like anything for you, old pal. And Obi Wan's like, don't don't call me that. <laughs> like like there's yeah. sort of an attitude there of like, um, Hondo fondly remembers all of his adventures with Obi-Wan Kenobi, but Obi-Wan remembers them very differently. So it's, it's yeah, that right, right. it's the, the, the key to what Obi-Wan says in, in return to the Jedi, you know, many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. And Hondo's point of view is very suspect. Uh, uh, yeah. he remembers the clone wars differently <laughs> from everybody yeah, else. Right. Cause like that. And, and that's one of the keys to his character is that I don't, think that hondo is ever lying i think when hondo tells you something mm-hmm. it's true from a certain point of view right like just from his perspective you know like he every time he encountered the jedi that obviously they always ended up winning and uh and it ended up being better off for them in the long run so so you know he was helping them obviously right right and it's like yeah i don't really think that you were helping them that much but then there are times in the clone wars where he did legitimately help the jedi um and i'm thinking of the the onderon arc where hondo basically supplied weapons to the to the freedom fighters and uh, i you know was was a big part of that story so um you know like that like he, he has such a colorful past with the Jedi and I just love hearing him talk about it because it it it's just that thing of like it, it wasn't that long ago for us really 
but uh, but at the same time, like it's like there are all these. It's, we talked about it with like Captain Rex, and and yeah, this season yeah. to me, I, I've I've seen some people complain about it, and I don't quite understand. But this season feels to me like them tying up all these loose ends with with the Clone mm-hmm. Wars, which they couldn't do that in season one because they had to establish all the characters, they had to tell us who everybody was. We had to deal with the idea of the Inquisitor. Darth Vader shows up. So we had all these things that we had to deal with. But now Mm -hmm. that they're dealt with and they're part of the rebellion, we can then sit back and revisit all of these characters from the Clone Wars that didn't get their proper ending. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you know what? Even right. if they did get their proper ending, I don't think that they, that prohibits them from showing up in Rebels anyways. But it is kind of like, like here in season two, it's this awesome nostalgic look back at, at you know, all of our favorite characters from the Clone Wars uh, that are mm-hmm. still alive. And I, I, the, I, I for one love every second of it like every time one of these characters shows up and we get to revisit those old adventures it it just it reminds me how great the clone wars is i mean like i, I think i've talked about this before when when i went back recently and rewatched all the star wars movies um i don't even rewatch all of them because i skipped phantom menace but i did the machete order right where you do four five and then you treat two and three as a flashback to because vader reveals right. that he's anakin skywalker that he's luke's father and then you go okay so here's the flashback of how he became right darth vader and then you finish mm-hmm. off with the redemption of anakin skywalker and return of the jedi right so i watched right. it four five arguably like to you know the best movie for for most people being empire i mean my favorite's jedi but um so far uh (laughs) but i then you go back to episode two and three and and although three is 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 significantly better than two i think um neither one of them to me holds a candle to the storytelling in in the clone wars and I had this like they were they were they were not rose tinted glasses, they were Clone Wars tinted glasses for the prequels <laughs> yeah. because when I think of Anakin, I've I've said this I don't even know how many times on on Frontlines, but when I think of Anakin, I do not think of Hayden Christensen first anymore. Because mm-hmm. we spent two movies with Hayden Christensen, but we spent hours six and years. hours six seasons with yeah with matt lanter as anakin skywalker and yeah. and in my opinion a much better anakin skywalker so to, even if you if you spent the same amount of time with both of them for my money clone wars anakin is a better version of that character he's a better interpretation of that character um obviously somewhat informed by the movie but also just a little bit more of what i think we all wanted from him um and so like when i think back to episode two and episode three my brain almost fills in those gaps and like replaces hayden christensen as as horrible as that is to say because i do enjoy hayden christensen i'm not trying to like bash him but 
Matt Lanter's Anakin sort of like colors over that for me. Like that's how good the Clone Wars were. Is that 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 character is overwritten by the Clone Wars version of it. And then you have all these other great characters that were introduced, like Hondo and Cad Bane and uh, I, and Captain Rex and Ahsoka. Um, so I've, I've mentioned four characters there, and we've seen three of them return this season. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And we have a storyline coming that, that seems very reminiscent of a storyline involving that fourth character. Um, I think it's only a matter of time before we see Cad Bane in Star Wars Rebels because you yeah, know, I, I yeah, hope so. If you yeah. if you if you piss off enough people in the galaxy, the way that the Ghost yeah. Crew seems to be, I mean, they're mostly they're <laughs> mostly aggravating uh, uh, the Empire, but the Empire, but as yeah. Morgan's not too happy about Ezra at the moment, I wouldn't think so. Um, right. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if if somebody doesn't take a bounty out on, or you know, if the Empire takes a bounty out on on some of these characters, <clears throat> uh, mm-hmm. which I think is going to be a storyline that plays into it later with the uh, with the whole Mandalorian story arc. But mm. and like that's another thing. Like I, I think that that Death Watch and the Mandalorians, because obviously Death Watch, like we didn't finish that story because because Darth Maul took over the Death Watch. And right. there's another character that the Clone Wars did better than the movies did is Darth Maul it took over the Death Watch and then took over Mandalore and and then Captain Rex drops that bomb of like the siege of Mandalore. So the Republic took Mandalore back at some point or just because they called it the Siege of Mandalore, does that necessarily mean that the Republic won? So let's find out at some point this season, right? Um, so so to me season two although next week we're going to get an episode all about Hera Mm -hmm. season two is a lot about revisiting these characters from Clone Wars and tying up the loose ends finishing up some of these stories so um yeah I I, you talk about it as Morgan like you said he he does escape and there could be that potential where he he could hire someone like a Cad Bane to come after because he's going to be coming after yep. Ezra possibly to get some money yep. back and uh, but yeah you know what and, and you were talking about the Honda and Obi Wan thing and, and you're exactly right I think he does think that uh, of Obi Wan is yeah. a friend and even Dave Filoni kind of mentioned that in the behind yeah. the scenes video you know that they had this thing going and uh, and he does I think he really does think that and especially in this episode you can kind of see him turn and he even notices uh when ezra uses the force to to bring him back into the the uh the station there that uh, he's like whoa you know wow you know he hasn't probably seen a jedi in how long you know it's been it's been that long and uh he starts to have this he does he he does feel a a little bit different than he did in the clone wars like he does uh see them as as possible allies or whatever so i thought that was i thought that was pretty cool um Ezra agrees to join forces with Hondo if he gets all the power gener- uh, converters in return. Happily agreeing, Hondo orders Chopper to get them drinks, and Ezra decides to join the droid. While exploring the ship, Chopper and Ezra happen upon Vizago locked up in a cell. Vizago reveals that Hondo used a stun ray to put him away and disabled his droids. He asks Ezra to help him reclaim the broken horn, and because of his previous debt, Ezra complies. So Ezra obviously had this yeah. debt with um, we in this uh season one uh about uh he had to repay that debt but uh uh you know another thing too as as far as um hondo 
he when they're actually locked up just before this this before this scene, um, he finds out that Ezra is not Lando, and he says, uh, "Hey, you lied to me. I knew I liked you." Yeah. And again, that's part of his, his yeah. charm, and and like he's he's serious about that, you know. He's yeah. like, "Wow, this guy's yeah, good." Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> he, he, it's a uh, it's it's like when an artist sees another artist working, goes. I, you know what? I, I, I appreciate that. We're, we're, we're competitors and, and, uh, and obviously, you know, there, there, there's stuff that comes along with something like that, but I know good art when I see it and, and that's good art and I appreciate it. Right. <laughs> it's, it's that good sort idea, of attitude yeah. of like, you swindled me. You got me. Okay. You swindled yeah, me. Yeah, you got me. Yeah. But I would have swindled yeah. you. So yeah. I can't blame you, right? Like he's uh, he's <laughs> yeah. a he's an honest liar, and that's what I love. Like these are the things that I love about Hondo's character is that he is not ashamed of the fact that he's a pirate, and he's he's it's it's no different than a character like Jack Sparrow, right? Where it's like yeah, that's uh, a great point. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're pirates. Yeah, they live outside of the law, but at the end of the day, when it really comes down to it, they're decent people. Right. Like, right. like really, when push comes to shove, I, I although they, they give in to their their sort of uh, more base desires more often than not. Uh, if you mm-hmm. really challenge them, they they rise to the occasion. Right. And that's that's uh, yeah. that's Hondo to a T. Uh, so yeah. Like I say, he's an honest liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I love the the cor- or the, uh, you know, you bring in uh, Jack Sparrow yeah. like the how similar they are. That's a great point. I never even thought about that, but that's, that's a great way to look at it. Um, let's, uh, you want to finish it up? I think uh, no, we got, Ezra? we got two more. So, uh, uh I got oh, one okay. and then you got one. Uh, Ezra brings okay. Visago to Hondo, who is shocked that his new partner has turned on him. Ezra proposes a deal. He takes the power generators and the two scoundrels split as Morgan's credits. Hondo likes the offer but Visago decides to get his droids involved. In an impressive display of lightsaber skill, Ezra blocks the droids' blasters and uses the Force to steal back the droids' remote control. He shuts, down, he shuts them down, but then gets a distress call from Chopper. Hondo has stolen the Phantom and is escaping with the credits and the power generators. I like how they put, um, you know, they're talking about the lightsaber skill and, yeah. and they show Ezra using the Force, but... Yeah. I appreciate that they're showing that he's not um, there yet. Yeah. Like he was, he was trying to force pull the uh, the the uh, switch to the robots, yeah. and he just couldn't get it. Like it got he, his power is not quick enough yeah. yet. You know what I mean? Like it takes a a few seconds for something to get to him, and he really has to sit and concentrate, and uh, it kind of hinders him a little bit because he's no, still not there yeah. yet. So uh, we'll finish it up here. Unbeknownst to Hondo. Chopper had the Phantom on autopilot, sending him right back to the ghost crew. Visago releases Ezra and Chopper in an escape pod, and the two reunite with Hondo, Sabine, Hera, and Rex, uh, Kanan and Rex. Hondo leaves the power generators as a gift and uh, keeps the credits for himself. When Kanan asks about this little adventure, Ezra says that he was once like Hondo, alone and out for himself. Now he is happy to be part of the crew. You know, I one time I might have joined your crew. <laughs> oh, Ezra, you truly are a Jedi. Contact Commander Sato. Tell him Ezra Bridger found his generators. 
I was just trying to figure things out. Then did you? I used to be like Hondo, out for myself and alone. But that's not who I am anymore. You're on a different path now. And I have you guys. So, Mike, this is where uh, Ezra realizes, um, obviously, he's in a better place mm. now. And and this, like I said, this is kind of going off what I said earlier. You know, this is the kids. Um, and this is this is true to life a lot of times where uh, you you don't know what you have until it's gone kind of kind of thing. And Ezra was out doing his own thing. And, and he realizes that, uh, no, I do. I do have a good, mm-hmm. you know, I'm on a better path now. I'm I'm fighting for something greater than just going around scrummaging for myself and on a, on a bigger path. And it just took a little, and it's some, this is with kids too, you know, it just takes a little bit of taking you away from the situation um, or getting put in a situation where it's not as good. And you, and you think back, like the grass is always greener. And then when you get over there, you're like, Oh man, I, I guess it wasn't greener. You know, I, it is better over here with, with my, my quote unquote family now. So mm-hmm. this was kind of like one of those, uh, after school specials, you know, like, uh, here's, uh, here's what can happen. And, and, you know, like I said, it's not always better to, to be without, you know, the people that care about you and on a better path. So, um, as far as this episode, I, you know, it wasn't, it was a lot of, uh, it wasn't a lot of substance to me, you know, it was yeah. everything about it was all Hondo. And that was the highlight of this episode. Um, so it wasn't like the greatest thing for me. Um, I don't know if, if, Here's the thing, Mike, with with 22 episodes, I guess we all realize that we're going to get episodes that are going to be not all action and, you know, Darth Vader and all that. And sometimes you have to rethink like, okay, this is 22 episodes. We're going to do a little bit. We're going to go off the path here and there. Yeah, we'll we'll get back to the point (laughs) at some point. Yeah. 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 So this is one of those episodes where not a lot was going on, you know, it wasn't really integral to the main focus of Star Wars Rebels, but... um, but again, I think what made this was was so great. Obviously, was the, it was like the Hondo show. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, I'll leave it at that. What do you think, Mike? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, I I think it was a it was a diversion for sure, but it was not a bad one. I you know I mean there there are some there are some diversions in the Clone Wars that uh, that were pretty awful. So um, yeah, so far, right. Rebels has a pretty good track record of of telling good stories. Um, I, I would actually even I would wager that there's only one episode that I don't like and it's the it's the first one with the with the fear knocks with the the or knock fears or whatever they're called um, mm-hmm. the where yeah. the where the the where Hera and Sabine are stuck on that that old base but I I other than that like I, I love every episode of the series um, and and you know how else are you going to introduce Hondo? He's he kind of deserves an episode to himself. Yeah. He so. does, and that's the thing. You're exactly right. This would be a perfect way to to introduce him and like give him his own. This is kind of like almost his episode more than yeah. uh, more than yeah, Ezra's. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh-huh. and yeah, Ezra's kind of just there as the as the uh, the vessel with which to uh, return us to uh, to a story about Hondo and Naka. But uh, but like it, it does do important things, I think, to forward the character of Ezra Bridger. So, you know, like I, I think that that it's worth it's it's a worthwhile diversion, it, although it doesn't forward like the overarching plot of the season it, in regards to the, you know, the the Inquisitors and, and Darth Vader and 
and all of that sort of stuff, um, it does it does definitely develop Ezra's character a little bit more and it puts him mm-hmm. it puts him in a place where where I think he's a little bit more prepared to deal with with some of the stuff because now he's he's seen what where that path leads the path of being out for yourself um, and it's yeah. just kind of I think just a reminder for him for his character that that although you know you have all these responsibilities and duties it's only because you're now part of a team that you have all of these responsibilities and duties, right? Like that, yeah, it comes yeah. with the territory. You can be out for yourself right. and on your own, or you can basically be a member of a family, which is what he is now, right? And like, but if you're going to be a member of a family, that that means something. You got to wash the dishes every once in a while, right? Um, so <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that that's, that's what this episode was about. It was about yeah. him realizing that. So now he can... Uh, focus and redouble his efforts and and remember that that although he's got to earn his keep and he's and he's got to he has to keep up with these things um the alternative is is being alone like hondo and although hondo on the outside is cheerful and happy and laughing at everything and and life's all a joke to him uh, I do think, and like this is the subtlety of the performance, and this is why Jim Cummings is so brilliant, and why the writing of this character over the years has mm-hmm. been so brilliant, is that yeah. I do think that there's actually like a really deep sadness to Hondo in this episode. Like when mm-hmm. he talks about his crew and how he no longer has a crew, and he's so desperate to have Ezra join him, it's because he's by himself. Like yeah, he's, he's alone, just yeah. like cruising yeah. around the galaxy all alone, and that that's not that's not a way to live, right? Like it's a right. it's a big empty galaxy when you're when you're on your own. So uh, Ezra Ezra sees that, and uh, and I think it's it's a little bit more subtle, and I don't think that any of the the kids watching are really going to get that, but uh, but I think for for us adults enjoying Rebels. Uh, and one of the reasons why the series is so great because it works on these levels, uh, we we can sort of see a little bit more of what that is, right? You know, the mm-hmm. importance of family, the importance of of standing for something, of of being a part of something bigger than yourself, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's it's all contained within this episode. So although it is a diversion, I it, like I said, it's a worthwhile one. It definitely yeah, it yeah. definitely hits some notes that I don't think that you would have been able to hit in a story that would have been focused on plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and this is the last shot of 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 Honda walking away alone, yeah. and kind of Ezra kind of kind of notices that and goes, oh, you know, I used to be like that. I used to be alone. So. Um, Totally agree with that. And, and speaking of this episode, we got some emails and Facebook notifications and yeah. and kind of piggybacking off, like I was saying, like this episode was kind of filler. Alan Leibovich had, he said, uh, I was underwhelmed by the episode, kind of a filler episode, and I didn't like, I didn't like Hondo in it. He's my favorite original, the Clone Wars character. I especially didn't like his character design, strange face and weird space pajamas. So uh, although I agree with kind of like the the episode was was. I guess you can say filler, yeah. but there was a lot of stuff going on. I, I have to disagree with the with the Hondo thing, and I mean, I've, like I said earlier, I mean he stole this show, and I think the writing and, and the voice has never been better. Um, you know, I don't I don't really care about the uh, the way he looks or anything. I mean, he's an older he's an older guy now, so he's going to be a little more torn up. A little yeah. he's alone. He's been kind of on his own, doing his own thing. So. Yeah. I kind of agree with the assessment of the episode, but I can't agree with the Hondo man. I thought he, he 
he stole the show. Stole the show yeah, on this I one, mean, so. uh, yeah, the performance was was incredible. Uh, I I kind of agree about the space pajamas thing. Uh, his character, his <laughs> yeah. his character design left a little bit to be desired for me. Um, mm-hmm. I I really missed his jacket. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like I just feel like he needed something. He needed just a little bit more, and it's sort of it's part of the character design of of a lot of rebels of of the rebel series it was like there's no if you pay attention the only one with with anything like flowing or like draped fabric has been vader he's the only one mm-hmm. and if you pay attention to the way that his cape moved it didn't really move that much and this is one of those things that happened in the clone wars for the first two or three seasons we never really saw cloaks Right, we didn't see Jedi right. cloaks. They because it's it's really hard to animate, and it's a lot of it's a lot of technical stuff going on there in order to to make that happen. So, um, so yeah, I think like they ditched his jacket so that they didn't have to worry about it. But I I would have given him another layer of something to just make him look a little bit more. I don't know, just a little bit more visually interesting because I I do agree with the space pajamas. Uh, comment because he does he does look like he's escaped from the old the old pirates home uh yeah okay i i've i have an email actually to read from i from uh, one of our listeners jacob me and he sent us an email about the grand inquisitor in clone wars okay uh he says hello mike and matt I've been listening to Frontlines for a few years now and have countless, re- countlessly re-listened to the episodes over and over again. The newest Rebels episode, Always Two There Are, blew my mind a few times. First, when there was the Republic Medical Station, I knew it was going to be an awesome episode. Uh, when, this, when Next, when Zeb was talking about Ezra talking to Chopper, I laughed so hard I almost cried. Uh, when you guys were talking about what Dave said in the Rebels Recon about the Grand Inquisitor... I knew I had uh, I had a thought I had sorry I had a thought about this somewhere before. I believe that the Grand Inquisitor was the son from the Mortis trilogy. I'm that. not sure of this, but this was the closest guess I could come up with other than what you said in the episode. Thanks for all your hard work on podcasting for 7 years. You guys need a milestone soon. And then he, like, he means like a like a special episode or something. Uh, I will continue to enjoy your podcast and Star Wars Rebels every day when I finish school. Uh, and that's from Jacob Me. So thank thank you, Jacob. We appreciate that. We appreciate you being a being a, an old school listener from back in in the front lines days. Yeah, um, cool. And uh, and that you you re listen to episodes. I mean, geez, I don't re listen to episodes, and I'm in there. <laughs> I. <laughs> But yeah. Uh, yeah, I so what do you think about that? The could 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 the Inquisitor have some connection to the Sun? You know, I've heard after we did our episode, yeah. um, I heard that going around kind of the interwebs that 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 was one of the theories that it was the Sun in the Mortis trilogy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, we know that this, the the uh, Inquisitor is a Palin, right? Yeah. Um, the Sun, although he looked similar yeah. i i don't know i don't know how that could be i mean i think uh i, I just don't know how that could be it's gonna be a crazy story if they have to try to yeah tell us how that my, is you know what i mean my only contention with that is that the 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 father the son and the daughter from the mortis trilogy were 
they were beyond like mortal beings like they were not they they were embodiments of the force right so i the daughter was the light side the son was the dark side and the father was the living force like that's the that like i'm i don't remember them ever saying that specifically like in any of the behind the scenes or anything like that but i'm fairly confident in telling you that those those are the three aspects of the force right mm-hmm. the, uh, the there's there's the force which is the living force the force that is generated by all living things right that it it, it surrounds us it penetrates us it binds the galaxy together as obi-wan says i uh, but then there are because that's the force that living force is the force that influences us, right? It's it's when Luke lets go of his conscious self and blocks the blast from the remote. That's that's the force, like that's the conscious conscious energy and the force controlling your actions. And, but then, as Obi Wan says, it also obeys your commands, and the obeying your commands element is the the daughter and the son. So. Mm-hmm. When you look at those characters in that light, and and what Anakin does in in the Mortis trilogy, which like I, I recently went back and rewatched the Mortis trilogy because oh. I really wanted to go back and and remember like wh- why was Anakin the chosen one? It's not to bring balance to the Force, like in terms of 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 the physical world. He balanced the Force in on Mortis, right? Like he he did it. It it happened he is the chosen one mm-hmm. nobody else knows what that means i really feel like like three or four characters know what that means is the characters that were with him obi-wan and ahsoka because they they do vaguely remember what happened but but it's still like they don't remember how they left it like how they got back in the ship and and all that sort of thing but they right. remember the 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 what happened there and yoda knows because uh, he sort of he intimates that he knows in in the finale of the series in the finale of Clone Wars when when he goes on his his vision quest right like there's a couple of things that he says that they sort of link back into the Mortis trilogy and and um, and and I think like part of that like also ends up linking into Qui Gon and Qui Gon knows because Qui Gon was also there. So, you know, like, like there's, there's a few characters who understand that, but, um, but I, I think that, that the fact that the sun is this aspect of the force, if he were the grand inquisitor, the grand inquisitor would have been a heck of a lot more powerful. Right. Yeah. Cause be, yeah, true. true. Cause there's yeah. only one character that's more powerful than, than, those three other three characters and that was anakin it's because he's the chosen one right Mm -hmm. so like he he controls he controlled the force in those moments like he he balanced the force when he was when they were on mortis so yeah so that's my that's the only thing like that's a that's a long way around to explain that that i don't think that the sun could be that character a because like if he was then why not just get sam witwer back but um, cause you got him for the emperor, but also, you know, like just the, the, the power level would be off the scale. It would be, it would be a totally different ball game. 
Um, yeah. And Kanan, although I like Kanan a lot, he's my favorite character on Rebels, and he's he's become one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Um, I don't think that his power level is that high. You know, uh, if yeah. if you could grab a, a scouter from Dragon Ball Z and test his power level, I, I think it would be under nine thousand. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. so yeah, I I don't I don't think that Kanan could have dealt with the Inquisitor. Um, there's something else going on there, and and yeah. and this is the thing: Dave Filoni wouldn't drop that bomb. He wouldn't he wouldn't say that if it weren't discoverable and if he weren't going to tell us eventually so Mm -hmm. i do think that as this season goes on or maybe in season three that that we will get some of these answers and we'll find out more about the inquisitorius um really really interesting side note as we discovered more about the inquisitors last week uh, uh, last Sunday I, I went out to a, to a local uh, 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 hobby store uh, toy store called Toy Traders uh, out in Langley uh, which is just uh, like a little bit outside of Vancouver um, and I picked up the Force and Destiny rule book for the Fantasy Flight Star Wars role playing game mm-hmm. and as I'm flipping through it so the, four, the other two books have not focused at all on force users because it's meant to be played during like the original trilogy area era so um so edge of the empire was all about like scoundrels and 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 you know han solo and boba fett and Jabba the hut and like that sort of element like the 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 mercenary element of the star wars universe and then the second source book was age of rebellion which is obviously about the rebel alliance in their fight against the empire so there's a lot of rebel and imperial uh, uh material in there and then force and destiny is about the jedi so it allows you to go back and if you wanted to play a a, a republic era campaign you could but it's meant to be played during the uh during the rebellion era during the classic trilogy so at the back of the book at the back of all three of these books there's all the bad guys that you can use like if you're running the game there's a bunch of bad guys that you can pull their stat blocks and stuff and use them in the game and then it gets to the inquisitorious and it's like yeah so uh instead of giving you specific inquisitors to fight here are the rules for creating your own inquisitor and so it has a whole, I think it's like five pages on the Inquisitors and, and like who they were and, and what their job was. So this book came out, I think, over the summer. So that means that the story group has known for long enough that they gave these, these ideas to Fantasy Flight like a year ago or longer, like two years ago, um, to create the inquisitorious Hmm. so i I just thought that that was really cool and and if you actually if you want to know more about the inquisitors i suggest looking up that information i don't know if you can find it online or if you need to actually pick up the book but i'm sure if you walk into like a like a barnes and noble or 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 an indigo books up here in canada that you can uh, just crack one open and and flip to the back it's near the back of the book uh, Hmm. but it's like a whole section on on creating an inquisitor so i thought that was really cool because if you basically if you create a jedi character or or a force user a force sensitive character in that rebellion era you're supposed to create an inquisitor to balance that out 
Huh. So like they because if obviously if force users show up in that era, they're going to be hunted by the Inquisitors. Mm-hmm. So as much as it's only been in Star Wars Rebels so far, I. Uh, the Inquisitors are actually meant to be a much larger part of the Star Wars galaxy now. So I, I thought that was really cool. I thought that was worth noting that uh, that clearly Lucasfilm has plans for the Inquisitors and mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I'm going to keep banging this drum until we're proven wrong on December 18th. Uh, that I think the Inquisitors and and the and Ren. and the Knights of Ren could be connected in some way, hmm. yeah. that, or, or or the First Order and the Inquisitors are going to be connected in some way. And I don't know if that'll be explored in the movie or if it'll be explored in the expanded universe or on Star Wars Rebels. But at some point, I feel like we're gonna get we're gonna get that connection. So, mm-hmm. well, the only, I'll I'll just end with this. As far yeah. as you were talking about Dave Filoni and how he he was mentioning the Inquisitor, and we'll find out like. The Grand Inquisitor's dead, but the fact that they're going to tell us who, who it is has got to be some more to yeah. why you know why why care about that yeah. you know he's already, if he's dead why care about telling us who he is yeah so really interesting there why what could happen possibly at the end of this season maybe or like you said next season so yeah um, just wanted to mention uh, as far as Facebook stuff and emails we appreciate that you know we've got a lot of people that are part of the Facebook group I mean yeah. uh, Doug. Uh, Doug Green, Bo Preston, Chris Baca, Jess Soriano, Jackie Miller, Dan Walsh, um, Martin, of course, and Matt, uh, you guys, uh, Crystal Bo- Christabel Bird. So all you guys that are posting in there, thanks for that. And yeah. continue to let everybody know and, and we'll keep growing. Yeah, for uh, sure. For, uh, and let us know on, on these episodes what you think. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Uh, like Alan did. Appreciate yeah, that. I, so Yeah, send in your emails, rebelspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to get emails from you guys and hear what your theories are. So Yeah, yeah. And uh, so next time, on Star Wars Rebels, Mike's we got uh, Mike. We have an episode entitled "Wings of the Master," and the Rebels are in need of a new ship uh, in order to overcome an Imperial blockade. So Hera embarks on a dangerous mission to meet an eccentric starship engineer to gain his trust. You know, you didn't have to drag us all the way out here. Could have just transmitted the plans to Rex. Why would I hand over my ship to just any pilots? Would any pilot risk their life to come to this death trap? Perhaps not. So why did you? I was a little girl when the Clone War came to Ryloth. My mother hid us below ground, but I'd peek out when the Republic ships flew over as they fought to liberate my world. I dreamt of nothing more than to be up there with them. So you left your family to fight? I left my family so I could fly. As a combat pilot? If we want freedom, We must make difficult choices. I chose to leave my family. I chose to learn to fly. And then I chose to use that ability to help others in need. It's all rooted in something I can't explain. A need to be up there. Because even when there are explosions all around me and things are at their worst, I feel like I'm at my best. So, Mike, looks like we're getting a, a kind of a story about Hera. Obviously, we did talk about this before the season started mm-hmm. about getting individual stories and yeah. maybe possibly finding out some of her backstory. Yeah. So that should be pretty cool. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, it's great. And uh, and this new character, Quarry, obviously mm-hmm. a reference to Ralph McQuarrie, the, this new um, uh, uh, Mon Cal. Uh, Mon Cal, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, voiced by Corey Burton. And he's just... Uh, uh, 
don't know. I there's something about there's something about that performance and something about about the way that he says combat pilot. Mm-hmm. It just feels like Star Wars. I I don't know. Like the character, <laughs> yeah. just, like every once in a while, they they add characters into these shows, these new characters that just fit so perfectly. And there was just there's just something about that moment that that he reminds me of something, and I don't remember what it else, what it is, but it, it's just so familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, good stuff. It looks like it's going to be a great episode. I'm really yeah. excited about this one, and I know I know Crystal is super excited because Hera is her favorite character, and I know that there's a lot of fans out there that that are just amped up about the fact that Hera is finally getting the spotlight which like it's been it's been far too long it's taken far too long for her to get an episode dedicated to her her storyline and background but uh, because it feels like everybody else has kind of gotten their moment and then Hera had to split it with Sabine in that one episode that I talked about Uh, yeah and it's like no let's give Hera a whole episode like here's the thing yeah, she's constantly flying the ghost, and we get to see that. Um, and she does some pretty cool stuff when she is flying the ghost. But let's put her in a starfighter and see what she can really do. And I think that that's what this episode's going to be about. So we're going to see yeah. just how good of a pilot she is. And I think we'll yeah. also get, again, connections to the Clone Wars. Seems to be yeah. what this whole season's about. So Yeah, some of the, some of the uh, visuals and yeah. uh, that they showed it was, just looked really cool. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Looking forward to next week. That's going to do it for this week. We're out of here, Mike. Yep, that's it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars Rebels news by heading to rebelspodcast.com, where Tim keeps the lights on over there for us yes. uh, during the weekend and posts all these great clips and everything. So head over there, rebelspodcast.com, check all that out. You can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rebelspodcast as well as on Twitter, at Rebels Podcast. And, of course, we love to hear from you guys uh, in our mailbag, so send us your emails to rebelspodcast at gmail.com, and we will read those on the podcast. Uh, of course, we are part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network, and, uh, and, and if you want to check out any of the other great podcasts that are part of the network, you can do that by heading to thunderquack.com. And, uh, and, and we also have a campaign over at Patreon, patreon.com slash thunderquack, where you can support Rebels Podcast as well as all of the other great podcasts that are part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. So uh, do that by heading to Rebels, uh, sorry, uh, patreon.com slash thunderquack and, uh, and, and chip in, chip in a, a dollar, five bucks, ten bucks. Uh, ten dollars gets you the episode early so as soon as i'm done recording uh, not recording but as soon as i'm done editing i post it up to patreon so you'll get it before anybody else and all that costs is ten dollars a month you'll also get early access to to quiver the green arrow podcast through that um other than that if you if you support at the five dollar level you get access to our awesome uh thunderquack patreon club which is an exclusive facebook group just for patreon supporters um, and, uh, and you can do that by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack to help us bring awesome podcasts like this to you. So, uh, that's it for this week. Thank you guys for listening and we will catch you next week. See you next week.